Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. In this episode, we are going to be discussing a Zen Stoic approach to dealing with anger. Now, anger is a topic that often comes up when it comes to the study of Stoicism and even the study of Zen. Both of them have their approaches on how to deal with anger. And in today's episode, I'll be referencing some of the Zen and Stoic approaches. And I'll also be including things that I've learned along the way in doing thousands of coaching sessions for hundreds of people. And the patterns that I've seen and the things that I've seen work when it comes to anger, as well as my own experience. So some of this falls outside of Zen and Stoicism, but it all falls within Zen Stoicism and a modern take on how you can view this. So this, in some ways, is a continuation on the previous episode regarding a Stoic lesson, which was done about a week ago. We talked about this idea that Marcus Aurelius discussed where he said no one can force ugliness on him. I'll be reading a little bit more expanded version of that to give even more context for today's episode. So the passage comes from book two of Marcus Aurelius and goes like this. Say to yourself at the start of the day, I shall meet with meddling, ungrateful, violent, treacherous, envious, and unsociable people. They are subject to these defects because they have no knowledge of good and bad. But I, who have observed the nature of good and seen that it is right and of the bad and seen that it is wrong and of the wrongdoer himself and seen that his nature is akin to my own, not because he is of the same blood and seed, but because he shares as I do in mind and thus in portion of the divine, then can neither be harmed by these people nor become angry with one who is akin to me. Nor can I hate him, for we have come into being to work together, like feet, hands, eyelids, or the two rows of teeth in our upper and lower jaw. To work against one another is therefore contrary to nature, and to be angry with another person and turn away from him is surely to work against him. Marcus Aurelius. Now this passage is really important because it piggybacks on this same idea that we discuss in terms of nobody can force ugliness upon you. No matter how bad they are, no matter how rude they are to you, it is ultimately your choice on how you will deal with things. Now, when it comes to getting angry, anger is an interesting concept because it seems like it's an automatic reaction, typically to an injustice of some kind. If we perceive an injustice, we'll get angry. And we use anger Typically, when we're feeling insignificant, typically when we're feeling unheard, when we're feeling out of control, anger is an emotion that makes us feel very powerful and also makes us feel like we're in control. But at the same time, if we kind of lean this against the Zen Stoic intentions and delusions, what's happening when we're feeling angry is we're typically deluding ourselves by intending a sense of control and intending a sense of expediency rather than kind of understanding a situation or understanding a person that we may have perceived an injustice from, we immediately go to, I feel out of control. So if I get angry, I'm going to come back into control. I feel very weak. I feel small. So if I get angry, I'm going to feel big and powerful again. Now, these are delusions and this is short-lived because the anger itself does not actually create these feelings. It doesn't create a strong foundation for a person to feel heard for a person to feel understood it just creates the delusion that we do in that moment because we rile ourselves up emotionally and if we look at what marcus aurelius is saying here 
this whole idea of getting angry at another person or holding on to that anger violates the uh, the concept of we can't control what happens or what other people do, but we can control how we respond to it. In essence, anger is an attachment to our opinion or our view in the situation and then charging it up emotionally and directing it outward either at a situation, at a person, sometimes even directing it at ourselves. And when we engage in this type of a pattern, the problem with it is we are going against the person, we're going against our own nature, and in going against our own nature, that anger simply becomes a destructive force that is just trying to take anything that's in its way or in its path. One concept or one idea that I've always liked to look at anger or the, the lens of anger through is that human emotion is very much like fire. When the emotion is harnessed, when it is in essence coming from a place of discipline, according to the Zen Stoic intentions, and it's channeled, it can cook our food, it can heat up our home, it can be done as a campfire for us to sit around and create memories with, tell stories, and create an and ultimately create a bonding experience. But fire that is undisciplined, that is expedient, and just seeking to control is like uncontrollable anger, becomes like a wildfire. And all that anger would seek to do just like the wildfire is destroy anything in its path and expand itself see for anger the emotion of anger and the state of being in which one feels angry the only outcome is not necessarily to solve the problem that caused anger in the first place for when you try to solve things with anger what ends up happening is you become like the wildfire only seeking to expand in any direction possible, to become bigger, to become more powerful, to destroy what is in your path. Now, of course, I'm talking about a very extreme version of anger, but anger simply seeks to grow in that way. It forgets about the problem it is trying to solve in the first place and focuses on the injustice itself. Now, one thing, at least for me, that has prevented me from falling into anger in a lot of my life has been actually something from the book, The Four Agreements, which is not a Zen or Stoic text, but The Four Agreements is what is the book that started me on this journey of self-reflection, self-discovery, and personal development. And in The Four Agreements, there are two agreements specifically that really, I would say, prevent anger from even starting. And the two agreements are number one, or number two technically. <laughs> so the second agreement, which is, do not take anything personally. A lot of the time we get angry because we take things so personally. And when we take things personally, we believe that we are being attacked and we create a, an illusion of separation between ourselves and other or ourselves and environment. Now, when we take things personally, it estranges us from our own human nature. So taking things personally is a form of resistance. It is the intention or the delusion of resistance when we take something personally. So that's one part of it. If you start to resist your own human nature, if you start to create some walls of separation between you and others or between you and the environment or the situation that you're in, and you start to feel alone in it, you start to feel vulnerable in it, it is very easy for that to turn into anger because you're perceiving an injustice where it's me against the world. So that's the first thing. 
If we take things personally, that's what we're going to get into. Now, the third agreement from the four agreements is do not make assumptions. Now, making assumptions is a form of intending control. It is the delusion of control. Because when you make an assumption, what you're doing is there is a void of understanding in a situation. So something has happened. We are drawn to the surface of that experience, what's happening right there in the moment. And if there's some uncertainty as to why it's happening or to what exactly is happening, we'll make an assumption to fill that void. And we use assumptions as a form of control because in uncertainty, we are trying to find a way of closing the loop, of concluding the thought so that it's no longer open to interpretation, but rather something that we can hold. So that assumption becomes a belief. And all a belief is is a feeling of certainty about something. And so when we hold on to a belief and a conviction while also taking something personally, that anger begins to justify itself. It feels as though I am angry for this reason and I will keep in my path of anger in order to create justice for myself. And sometimes justice is not really justice of what a person is seeking, but what they're seeking is almost like some form of retribution for feeling as though they've been disrespected or that uh, the injustice was committed against them or that it is them against the world. So taking things personally as well as making assumptions will make things very easy to get angry. So this is something to always keep in mind. And one thing that is always important to keep in mind is that that anger doesn't actually solve your problem. Never does. And it's like the Buddha said, you will not be punished for your anger, you will be punished by your anger. So holding on to anger is more destructive oftentimes than the problem that even caused the anger in the first place. And it also goes back to what Marcus Aurelius said. How much more harmful are the consequences of anger than the circumstances that aroused the anger in the first place? So this is really important to remember is because oftentimes the emotion that we generate from the event that has happened is usually not nearly as bad as the emotions that we drum up in response to it. And the funny thing about that is that you control how you respond to the event. You don't control the actual event that may have inspired the anger or triggered the anger, but you do control how you respond. So sometimes the best thing, like Seneca would say, the best response to anger is delay, to just take a moment, take a pause, Take a moment for yourself to just breathe. Because oftentimes when we start to feel a sense of injustice, we start to get angry, our breathing starts to elevate, our body language begins to tense, and we don't take a moment for ourselves. We just react in the moment because we are intending a form of expediency of trying to soothe that anger or get it out (laughs) as quick as possible by acting upon it. But Acting upon the anger is like adding fuel to the flames. It just expands the flames and creates more of a wildfire experience. And that ultimately, if it turns into a whole wildfire in your mind, it basically becomes a rage in which you are not really conscious of what you're doing. So it can be a very slippery slope to get into that and it can expand very quickly. So sometimes the best thing to do is just pause and realize that the anger itself will be worse than the situation that caused it. We want to remember is that if we focus instead on the situation that caused the anger and the problem in that situation and actually solving the real problem versus the symptom, which is our anger, 
then we'll be much better off and it will not only diffuse our anger, but result in a better outcome overall. Now, the other thing to also keep in mind when it comes to anger is that it's very easy to experience the illusion of feeling very justified in your anger. When you're angry, even if you're wrong or you're missing details about the situation, you will still feel incredibly justified and right. And this feeling is intoxicating. It feels good. Remember this quote from Seneca. Reason gives each side time to plead. Moreover, she herself demands adjournment that she may have sufficient scope for the discovery of the truth, whereas anger is in a hurry. Reason wishes to give a just decision. Anger wishes its decision to be thought just. The sword of justice is ill-placed in the hands of the angry man, Seneca. So really remember this. Anger assumes that it is justified. It assumes that it is right. But what you want to remember is that in a state of anger, it is very rare that you are right about what you're assuming about the situation. And so it is important to remember that instead of resisting and taking things personally, we choose to intend to embrace and trust what's going on, trust ourselves to realize that me getting angry at this person or at this situation is me denying my own nature. It is me separating myself, creating an illusion where it's me against them. Rather, trust what is. Realize that you are part of the environment. You are connected with this person as a fellow human being. And to remember that connection. It is much more difficult for anger to flare up if we keep this connection in mind and if we embrace our own nature in the situation. Also, in that situation where one feels just, it's not only about remembering the connection, but also seeking understanding. We try to control that which we can't understand. We try to assume as a form of control when we lack an understanding. So instead of intending control and putting yourself into delusion, intend instead understanding. Be curious about the situation. Curiosity cannot exist at the same time anger does. If you're genuinely curious and you start to ask questions, instead of making definitive statements, that will put you in a place that is much more calm. And lastly, keep in mind that in a state of anger, your body is going to make it easier to become more and more aroused in anger because of the tension and the way that we might be breathing. You might be breathing much faster. So instead, pay attention to your body language. Take a moment to just stop and breathe. And the last piece here is I'm going to bring in the first agreement from the four agreements because this in terms is the way that you'd want to express yourself or at least kind of check your expression. The first agreement in the book, The Four Agreements, is be impeccable with your word, which means to use your word not against yourself or others, to use your word to support yourself and others. Impeccable comes from the Latin word peccatos, which means to sin, and to sin is to go against the self or to go against others. So when you be impeccable with your word, this is when you are in an angry state, remember if you use your anger against yourself or others, you're not being impeccable with your word. And instead, what you're doing is you're intending 
some form of expediency, control, or resistance in that moment. You're wishing ill will or acting in ill will against someone or something. Instead, use sincerity and embrace, the intentions of sincerity and embrace, to trust what is, trust yourself and what you're feeling, be sincere in your expression, and be impeccable with your word in that expression. Doing these things causes you not to try to throw your anger at other people, causes you not to throw your anger at yourself or to the situation or be upset, but it, it allows you to respond mindfully with a sense of inner peace and allows you to take a moment to realize that the anger itself is not the problem. And when you can focus on solving the real problem, the anger ceases to exist. If we channel the energy that anger brings into a constructive solution, it allows that emotional charge to become a creative outlet for problem solving rather than a destructive outlet that ends up causing us and others suffering.